you've almost gotten to the place where you've given up, I want you to know, and hopefully this will be crystal clear by the time we end this evening, that God is a God of new beginnings. And God has not given up on any of us. God has not given up on any of us. God is a God of new beginnings. So I invite you to take your Bibles and find Isaiah, a book of Isaiah, Old Testament book. Uh, open up the, the 43rd chapter. When I was in Bible college many decades ago, um, they taught us if you're going to preach, the first thing you have to do is you have to explain the background of the text. Well, and so I was raised with a bunch of preachers in Bible college who always started the sermon explaining the background of the text, and half the time I was asleep by the time they finished. So I don't do much background of the text stuff. I just tend to dive in. But I think tonight we need to celebrate some background here, so hopefully we can keep it moving well enough to, uh, to keep you... Uh, Interested. So here's some background information on Isaiah, I think, that will make this text more real to you uh, as we make our way through it. Here's a quote from Jan Valaton the Younger. Now that sounds really neat. What a neat name, Jan Valaton the Younger. The problem I have with the name Jan Valaton the Younger is I Googled it, and the only place Jan Valaton the Younger is ever recorded as having done anything is what I'm going to read to you now. I haven't got a clue. Either. Is. But he wrote this, and it's good. Uh, never has there been another prophet like Isaiah who stood with his head in the clouds and his feet on solid earth, with his heart in the things of eternity and his mouth and hands in the things of time, with his spirit in the eternal counsel of God, and his body in the very definite moment of history. What a description. And this week I found myself often going to the book of Isaiah and finding such encouragement and such joy in it. Isaiah lived and ministered from 739 to 680 uh, BC. That was the time when Israel was at its peak of prosperity and the peak of its political power. Israel was doing well. Unfortunately, in all the blessings that were coming to them, in all the blessings that were coming to them, uh, idolatry and moral decay had begun to germinate. And while everything was going well, things were about to go downhill and go downhill quickly. Isaiah died in 680 B.C., during his time, the time that he lived, he prophesied uh, that uh, Israel would be taken to Babylon in captivity. He died without the prophecy taking place, without him seeing it happen. The captivity began in 597 B.C. But God had revealed to him, God had shown him things that were in the future, things that were going to happen. 
He also prophesied that Judah would return to Jerusalem after a time of captivity, and that happened in 538 B.C., 142 years after Isaiah died. God had shown him what's ahead. 142 years after Isaiah's death, the final thing he'd prophesied came to take place. Need to be encouraged tonight that God still speaks, God still leads, God has everything under control, always does. Always does. So read with me, please, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 14 to 21. Isaiah 43, verses 14 to 21. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I send to Babylon and bring them all down as fugitives, even the Chaldeans in the ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior, warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Everybody say new thing. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the deserts. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I form for myself, that they might declare my praise. I will do a new thing. I want to talk to you about new beginnings tonight. And the first thing I want to speak into your life uh, is that whatever you do, Whatever you do, do not think that yesterday was greater or better than what God is about to do with you or for you. Whatever you do, whatever you do, do not think that yesterday was greater or better than what God is about to do with you or for you. Here's a, a divided nation. The prophet says, uh, I, I'm about to do a new thing, and he's referring to bringing uh, the nation of Judah back to Israel. And guess what happened when he prophesied, you're not going to be in captivity any longer. You're going back to Jerusalem. Some people got really excited. They were nostalgic. They loved Jerusalem. Oh, it's going to be wonderful to be back in Jerusalem. It's going to be wonderful to be back in the holy city. 
And others said, nah, nah. I, uh, I, uh, I don't, I don't want to go. God's been very good to us here in Babylon. We're making good money. We've built nice houses. We're really, really comfortable. And so there's this division in the nation about whether to embrace the new thing. And Isaiah says to them, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? And some of them said, oh, no, not really getting it. Jerusalem's a long ways away, and between uh, Babylon and Jerusalem, there's nothing about desert, and I got a bunch of great-great-great-great-grandpas who told some really good stories about wandering around camping in the wilderness, just not interested. Not interested in a new thing. I like it exactly the way it is. Like it exactly the way it is. And so we're reminded that it's possible for our heads to kick into gear and we not be excited about the new thing God wants to do. But don't ever, ever think the way things are now or the way things are or were yesterday are the best things are ever going to be for you. God wants to do something good for you. God wants to do something great in your life. God wants to do something great in this church. So we don't reject new things. We embrace the working of God when he comes to do a new thing. The second thing about new beginnings is expect renewal and restoration. Expect renewal and restoration. The very first verse I read to you from Isaiah chapter 43, verse 14. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer. What's a Redeemer? A Redeemer is somebody who comes and buys something back. God is a God of redemption. God is the one who renews and, and restores. Was walking this week one morning, and this isn't some amazing discovery for any of you at all. But I just thought and had some Holy Spirit conversation about the reality is that God doesn't throw broken things away. Some of you are here tonight and you feel broken. And you feel like God's given up on you. There's nothing to look forward to. God doesn't throw broken things away.
but he mends them and he repairs them and he repurposes them. That's our God. Don't get stuck back there somewhere where you wish you'd made another decision and you think everything's hopeless now because of the decision I made back there. God specializes in repairing, rebuilding, and repurposing. He is the Redeemer. Begin even tonight now, Father, I ask in Jesus' name, begin even tonight to expect absolute renewal and restoration. God, God is into doing new things. He does it over and over again in Scripture. He looks, Genesis, let's just look at a few verses here. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. The earth is without form and void. In the beginning, there was nothing there. It was formless. It was void. And God created the heavens and the earth. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And by the end of the chapter, the world has been created and man is... God takes things that are void and they've lost form and they've lost purpose and he speaks into them and he gives life. That's our God. That's our God, Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse number 26. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Maybe you're sitting here tonight, maybe you're listening tonight online, listening from home, and maybe your heart has grown hardened and you've kind of just accepted that that's how you're gonna have to live the rest of your life. I declare to you, tonight that God is the God who will take a heart of stone and he'll give you a heart of flesh. He'll come, he'll give you a new heart, a new spirit. Expect renewal, expect restoration. First Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. God is into new beginnings. Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. We've made a mess of so much that he planned for us, but here's the end of the story. I make it all things new. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Expect renewal, expect restoration. A little clip of a TV show where uh, a lady named Jane loses her husband at a very young age, young marriage. And she's just absolutely convinced that life will never be good again. And Grandma comes over to see her. 
And she says, life is never going to be beautiful, Grandma. Life is never going to be beautiful. And Grandma says, honey, life will be different. But it is going to be beautiful again. It is going to be beautiful again. Expect renewal. Expect restoration. And then my last observation on new beginnings. Don't reject the new because it doesn't look like what happened last time. Don't reject the new because it doesn't look like what happened last time. Isaiah 43 and verse number 15. The Lord makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. <laughs> and so Israel's trying to get out of Judah, uh, or Israel's trying to get out of the bondage of Egypt and get into the promised land, into the new land that was going to be Judah. And what does God do? <laughs> what does God do? God comes in. And God does a great, great work. Isaiah 43, verse 15. I am the Lord, the creator. So verse number 14, he's described as the redeemer. And here he's described as the creator. God's creative. God does new things. God steps into our lives as creator over and over again. So verse number 16, already read it, got ahead of myself. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. These are, these are good Jewish kids. They knew the story. They knew how God had brought their parents and their grandparents out of, out of the... Uh, uh, out of the bondage of Egypt and Egypt's chasing them and, and uh, God just splits the water <laughs> and they walk through the water on dry ground. Now here's the problem. Here's the problem. Most of us, after something like that happens, expect God to show up and divide the waters so we can walk on dry ground. And now these uh, people of Israel are getting <laughs> brought back to Judah again, this time from Babylon. And how is God going to do it? Verse number 19. He's going to make a river in the desert. not going to make the sea into a desert you can walk to. He says, the way you're going back this time, I'm going to make a river in the desert. Oh, can't be. God doesn't make rivers in deserts. God dries up 
things so we can walk through on dry ground. And we get our mindset that what God did in 1980 is what God wants to do in 2022 and 2023. That's what God does. But God is creative and God will always show up. God still does new things. We need to expect him to. We need to expect new beginnings. And we need to expect them to be good. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. I do not consider that I've made it on my own. This is the Apostle Paul saying, I haven't become who I am in my own strength. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forget about it. Forget about it. Some of you have been entangled for a long time with something back there. Forget about it. Forget about it. There's a prize ahead of you, friends. There's a prize for you. There's a prize ahead of you. And God... (laughs) who specializes in redeeming and restoring and repurposing. He's still got all the creative power he had in Genesis chapter 1. And he will come in and he will make a way where there seems to be no way. I would... uh, Suggest that maybe there's some areas that people need some new beginnings tonight. The most important new beginning in our lives is a thing the Bible describes as a new birth. Being born again, it's a new beginning. It's It's coming to God and saying, I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I recognize you as creator God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never allowed God to, never asked God, never invited God to create a new beginning in your life. You've never said, okay, enough of me. Rely entirely and completely on you. Maybe you're here tonight and and your marriage needs a new beginning. It's gotten a little a little sloppy and it's not what it once was, friends. You don't have to say enough of this, I'm out of here. God to give you 
a new beginning. He's so able to do it. He's so able to do it. Maybe you're concerned about a son or a daughter, niece or nephew, a dad or a mom. going to hunger and thirst the way they once did. God's able to give new beginnings. God's able to give new beginnings. We need to expect and believe that he in your life and your circumstance is able to do a new thing. He is able to do a new thing. Some here this evening may have uh, very innocently just dabbled in something. five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago and it's still controlling you now. You never thought it would happen. But it has you in bondage. It's holding you captive. You don't have to live the rest of your life that way. He's able to give new beginnings. He's able to give new beginnings. Some of you feel like you're stuck at work. Some of you are working in jobs that don't even begin to meet the needs of your house. God's able to give new beginnings, friends. I've been so encouraged as I spent time in this chapter this week. It doesn't happen very often, but when I woke up Monday morning, I didn't have a clue what scripture I was supposed to spend time in, but I've been so encouraged by this chapter this week. But I started in verse 14, and then I thought, well, maybe I should read the rest of the chapter too. And here's one of the best-known verses of scripture. Stand with me, please. (laughs) This is at the beginning. This is at the beginning of Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you through the rivers. They shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, your Savior. God, our Savior, redeeming God, creating God. 